What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's hey, intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Ooh, boy, Jeff. Ooh. Oh, boy. Was that your Halloween? Ooh. No. Oh, okay. That was an oh, boy. What tone to strike here? Oh, well. Is there a tone called hiding under a rock? No. You face the music. Yeah, I know. You do the dance. That's what Coach said. He said you got to own it. It's one out of 16. Yeah, yeah. That's what we'll say looking back if the rest of the season goes reasonably well. Well, but if it doesn't, it's not because of that particular game. It was just the turning point. Well, just to play devil's advocate, it could be the start of – I don't think this is the case. No. But if it was the start of a – you know, you lose two or three in a row, and now you're suddenly on the cusp. Well, you're you're going back to uh, 08, where yeah, we nine and three, yeah. Monday night in Carolina. Don't remember it at all. Lost four games <laughs> after that. <laughs> the franchise changed. New yeah. head coach, new defensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, that's, that's not the kind of doomsday scenario we're no, talking about. No, not what, at all. The game I would like to point out to you is um, Oakland. In 1999. I remember it well. Was that's it 45 to nothing? Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's what I'm hoping this game is because that team had won six in a row. This mm-hmm. is the 99 team that went to the NFC Championship game and was one uh, – what was that receiver? Burt Emanuel No, Well, Rule. that too, but also the receiver that always burned us wherever he was. Ricky Prohl. Ricky, one Ricky Prohl catch Actually, away from Actually, it's going, Ricky Effen yeah, Prohl. Yeah, Ricky Effen Prohl. Yeah. From going to the Super Bowl. So that was a very good team. Mm-hmm. That team won six in a row, which is still a team record. Sure. Then went to Oakland and somehow just got rolled 45 nothing. It was yeah. like a snowball. Sure. It made no sense. None. And then, so then you're worried, but you come back and, you know, you win You win your last two. I think Green Bay was one of them. You mm-hmm. win your last two games for the regular season, go 11-5, and five, which was a franchise record at the time win against Washington in the playoffs, and like I said, go to St. Louis in that amazing game. So you just hope it's a blip. Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, it's one out of 16. You know, you can go back to uh, the 2002 season on a Monday night. Brad Johnson didn't play. That's why. Sean King and uh, Rob Johnson were the quarterbacks. It's when Flowers called us the paper champions. And He's talking uh, about the Pittsburgh game. Yes, on a Monday night. And at that point, everybody thought, oh, well, it's all over. I think it was like December 15th, something like that. Yeah. Um, and everyone, it was like over with. It's done. You're never, it's totally. And, um, of course, we all know what happened there. They win the Super Bowl. So it is one out of 16. The key is don't lose more than one in a row. Yeah, and each, we've done we've done pretty well with that. Well, each of our other two year. losses, we mm-hmm. filed with three straight wins. But I will point out that the other the other side of that, the the reason that I don't like the Pittsburgh example as much as the Oakland one is that we were without Brad Johnson. Sure. And we had Tom Brady. We had and we had Chris Godwin back. Mm-hmm. We had Antonio Brown in there. Nope. We were not shorthanded. Nope. It and nobody could have. Now I I never anticipated us beating Green Bay thirty eight to ten. That was crazy. And in the same way, this is crazy. This is crazy. Well, you no, never could have anticipated it. Yeah. it. It's hard not to worry. No one's. Well, yes. You're clearly not having any trouble with it. No, I'm. I'm really not That's because good. because I counted as one of sixteen, and I I don't know. I just you know it's funny. I just I just look back and go, okay, how did we play on Thursday night? Oof. How did we play on the Monday night previously? You won, but it wasn't a very no, good performance. No, against a bad team. And so I don't know if, if that's part of it, but um, it, well, you know, what are you going to do with the next seven games? And what do I always say? It's November, which which makes me nervous because <laughs> good teams get good in November and yeah. December. So we will – and now – Just also to play a little bit devil's advocate to the things that you're saying, while it's, while it's true that it's one of 16 games, mm-hmm. it is a little bit bigger than that because mm-hmm. – 
the tiebreaker was at stake and the division lead was at stake. If we had won that game, we'd have evened out the tiebreaker and had a one-and-a-half game lead, and I would think you'd have to be considered the favorites to win the division. At this point, New Orleans has to be considered the favorites because yep. we're going to need help to pass them. Yeah, now you're thinking now you're thinking wild card rather than thinking division championship. Right, and that's who knows what the playoffs are going to look like. They're still discussing a 16-team field, possibly, mm-hmm. if we have to add an 18th week. Well, you also, you're also assuming that New Orleans, because how good they looked, are just going to keep steamrolling. But yeah, yeah. any more week to week. It's hard it, to say. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you just talked about the Green Bay game. Yeah. All right. They came back. They won. Then they lost a, a crazy one the in Minnesota, Minnesota. Which was weird. Uh, and then they went ahead and, and won again. So it, it wasn't like they folded the tents. And I think that's the key. How is this team going to respond to having their butts handed to them? Right. I mean, in all all facets, there is nothing that you can say. Can't was, find a silver lining. You know, I do. I have one. Okay. It was a fast game. <laughs> that's the silver lining it was for for a uh, Sunday night game it went very quickly it was painful but it was over quickly it's just one Jeff but we have lost five straight to the Saints and yeah. they have won the division three times in a row well, and it takes me back to this 90s and the Packers we have to get over the Saints now to yeah. get where we want to go well they're a juggernaut no question they're there they I do they seem to play better they seem to really up their game for us which is a compliment. Well, and that's uh, I, for however they're doing it. Sean Payton and Drew Brees are getting them jacked up, and he, you know that's I, I don't know what else to say, other than it's on to Carolina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which uh, I I watch them play. They've been playing really yeah, well. They're, they're, they're frisky. Lo- they're they're losing at the end, which usually what happens, you know. Teams that are struggling, they'll stay with you. They'll play well, and then they then they fall apart uh, at the very end. Um, but they took the champs right down to the wire. Oh, there. that was an exciting and game, and it was like one incredible offensive play after another. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater, did you see the play where he scrambled for fourteen yards and dived over the last guy and Samuel and McCaffrey? All these guys making these diving, leaping catches downfield. Well, they they're believing in themselves, so you have all of that. And I think I think that's part of the problem with with this particular team is you have a lot of star power, so you have name recognition, and so that adds to it. You know, it, of all the good that comes in when you bring in a Hall of Famer uh, or two Hall of Famers, maybe even three now with AB being here, uh, the verdict's still out on that one. But with all that attention, also comes the expectation of you're supposed to win. Or you wouldn't be here. And there's as much as many um, Tom Brady lovers as there are out there. There's plenty of other people that want to oh, see they him love it. Want to see him fail, which is what happens to any uh, great athlete. Listen, if he's not on your team, you absolutely cherished it. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That, I'm, there was yeah. a lot of happy people around the NFL <laughs> say. because the buzz around us had been growing very, very strong, and mm-hmm. now it's going to put a damper on that for a little sure. while until we can turn well, it back around. And, and that's the interesting part about this league is that you're a darling one week, and everybody's throwing praise at you, and then you're 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 in the dumpster the next week. So that becomes don't believe the clips. Yeah, like Pittsburgh. They won, and they're still undefeated. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought the the easiest game to pick on the entire schedule was Pittsburgh and their awesome defense at home against Dallas with Garrett Gilbert as the quarterback. And Dallas has been utterly horrendous this year. Right. And they're on their third quarterback, and he's a, he's a guy from the AAF. And they took him. And, and Pittsburgh won it at the end, but, yeah, it, but it, barely. Right. Right. Well, I, I – you always hear barely, but I, I, you know, you win, you win. But again, there is, there is, uh, there it is, a team that's not very good being the Dallas I'm just Cowboys. Saying unexpected results. Sure, playing every week. right, and I would just say that the the Saints beating us thirty eight to three at home was probably the most unexpected result in the NFL. Oh, I, I thought it was going to be one of those real nail biters down to the end. Uh, I wasn't expecting a blowout at all. I, you know, it just it never turned uh, around. No, and I and I. I I wasn't totally like, okay, this game is over. Um, I, I going into the half, I thought, okay, regroup. Um, it, it was thirty-one nothing. It was thirty-one. The biggest nothing. comeback the Bucks have ever made to win a game is 20, well, but you also, points. but you're also dealing with a guy that was twenty-eight-three and ended up winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, true. so in that factor, to me, thinking, okay. You know, maybe they'll make a game of it. Maybe, maybe you know. And, and then I thought about the the uh, um, Colts game 
that we had where we were. Uh, wait. Why do you bring that? Game well, up? because that's a perfect example of not giving. Not you know, you, there, you, there's there's well, always I don't an think opportunity. We gave up. No, but uh, but there was an opportunity, and what I mean by giving up is the Colts didn't. They sure, certainly didn't. Peyton yeah. Manning made well, it. Well, the happen. Colts got a the Colts got a um, ridiculously bad play from one of our defensive well, backs. They got a. A, a kickoff return almost the entire length of the field, and they got a bull crap penalty for right. leaping on Simeon Rice. Right. They needed all that for that to but happen. But they got it. So, but what I was saying about that game is when we when the turnover was created and we marched on down to goal and goal, you know. Yeah, that's another thing about this. that. I thought right then and there, if we score a touchdown, hey, we might have a game. It would have been thirty-one to seven. Jeff. But it was, but there, but it was. Look at what time Jeff, it was. You got to be a little bit careful here. You're being a little too positive. There's nothing wrong with being positive. But it's got to be realistic. Come on, man. Okay. Well, I will say this. I will say this. When they didn't score, I knew it was totally Whoa. over with. Ooh, you could, wow. Well, no, no, no. What a you, revelation you made at that but, moment. But you could also see, you could also feel the team went out of it. Well. And B.A. even said that, is that when they didn't score, that seemed to be like, okay. Yeah. But, well. And I was disappointed that that streak broke. Too. I know that's as you know if you're a fan, and, and I sometimes wish that I could just be that for a season. Sure. All you really care about is the result. Oh, but when you work, when you do what I do or what you do, you start thinking you're, about all those little things like Man, it's killing all of our stats. Yeah. I mean, we dropped from we dropped a tenth in the scoring offense. We dropped yeah. a ninth in scoring defense. Brady's <laughs> pass rating drops to ninety six point two, which most seasons right. we'd love, but he was right. up to like one hundred six, um, and it killed my favorite stat of the whole season. As long as far back as you had data that you could mine for this, the Bucks starting the season twenty-two of twenty-two on touchdowns on goal-to-goal situations uh-huh. is the most any team has ever done to start a season. Right, and it was incredible. Should never be able to do that. No, and, and we're not just talking everyone being first and goal at the one. There were plenty of first and goals sure. at the ten, and there were right. third-down conversions on scrambling plays. And now we got first and goal at the one, four plays, four plays to get it in. Didn't work. Didn't work. Even yeah. though he did, once again, what I love, play action on first and goal. Mm-hmm. And it's worked every other time, but it didn't work this time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Gronk almost had the one on third down. and Sure. Almost. Uh, that was the kind of night it was. And yeah. I'm not being a rah-rah. I'm just saying, if you're looking at the game, if you had any hope of anything happening, that was the, it. The and pro- that ended it. The problem was, every single time something even remotely good happened, it was immediately fouled by something horrible. Devastating. <laughs> demoralizing like we get our we hadn't we got no first downs in our first four possessions mm. now it's the second quarter we finally get a first down on a, a catch by tyler johnson mm-hmm. very next play looks like a pretty well set up screen one dude just happens to get his hands up deflects it it bounces off like two people right to the arms of some defensive tackle right for an interception is that your phone dinging yes i'm sorry it's a bunch of texts i'm not answering it oh i understand i'll well, turn the kill the, the ding notification because if you're not going to answer it you don't need to know you're getting texts well it's 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 it, it's hard not to look when you know you're getting a bunch of texts. I was in that conversation you, before we started. Are you telling me how popular you are right no, now? No, it's just that... two two people. We were having a text conversation. Are they, are they two people that I know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know one of them, right. I think, John Katzenberger. I know him. Yeah. The other one is a friend of mine. Cats. Cats. Yeah, sure. So yeah, so yeah, it was a, it was a it was a it was a um, so Brady a has, night to forget. Brady has five interceptions and has been sacked six times against the Saints. In two games, mm-hmm. and in all other seven games, he has two picks and seven sacks. Yeah. The Saints are our problem, and we won't get a chance to solve that problem unless we meet him in the playoffs, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be, but it would be scary. It would be like 97 when the Packers beat us twice during the regular yeah. season and then beat us in the playoffs. It's funny how some teams just got your number for a while. Until they that, don't. Until they don't. And then in 98, we finally beat the Packers. And, and then it, it was over. It never to, looked again. Yeah, yeah. We, the balance of power shifted. Mm-hmm. We didn't make the playoffs in 98, but the balance of power shifted after that. And then, of course, when we won the Super Bowl, we had actually moved out of that division, yep. but we still played every team in that division and beat the Packers that year. Yeah, craziness, huh? Uh, you know, one thing that didn't uh, – Ali Marpet missed the game. Yeah. You never want to say one player missing is that big of a deal, but it sure didn't go well on the left side of the line. Well, if you have to look at it a little bit, you kind of have to say, hmm, 
what was missing in that game? What was the one thing that changed? And I in, don't think he's a 35-point difference. No, but but, it, but in fairness to, to the guys that were on the O-line, they weren't all working together for very long, and that's the problem because yeah. that's the key. You know, uh, uh, the guys have yeah. to be together. Coach Arian said, yes, Donovan Smith didn't have his best game no, because he he's not. taking a lot of criticism yeah. after oh, this Well, one. he always does. Well, you never you hear it. love him or a, hate him. Well, you never hear it when he has a great game. Well, that's true. That's you never true. hear about it, but he – he didn't have his best game, and, and Coach Arians uh, admitted that, but said part of the problem was he didn't have Ali Marpet there because they work so well off of each other. Yeah. And that's no – No, that's, that's – That's not an insult to Joe Haig. He no. just had never played left guard for the Bucks next to Donovan Smith yeah. before. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And, but uh, probably more disappointing because it was the same players, we hear that the reason there, there were people just wide open all day was because the linebacker, inside linebackers and safeties had terrible yeah. communication. Bruce Arians said that, and then Levante David confirmed confirmed it. it, and he said it's totally uncharacteristic of us. Why would that happen? I mean, a guy can have a bad game physically, but why do you suddenly have bad communication? I don't know. And, and defensively, we looked a little bit different. We were more zone than than which was surprising, which is surprisingly. Bit. But but there must have been a been a reason why they thought. Yeah, yes. You, you know, no. Sometimes you go into a they they devise a game plan on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, this season's it's it's been good and it's worked. Sometimes you devise a game plan. As it turns out, it was not the right one. Nope. It could have just been execution, or it could have been, as it turned out, be the game plan that another one would have been better. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of separate them a little bit. But it happened. But it wasn't a lack of aggression in terms of blitzing. I think people thought we didn't come after no, him. No, they did. They came after him on 17 of 36 dropbacks, which is almost 50%. Uh, we also came after Drew Brees on about 43% of his dropbacks in week one, no other team in between has come after him more than 22% of the time. People are afraid to blitz Drew Brees. We're not afraid to blitz him. No. The difference is, do you play blitz with man or blitz with zone? And it sure seemed like it was a lot of blitz with zone. Yeah, and I think people need to quit worrying about whether Drew Brees can throw the ball down the field. Stop. Uh, you know, a little wobbly, a little ducky, but, but his got aver- it done. I don't know what it is now, but coming into this game, his average depth of pass, how far it traveled in mm-hmm. the air, was six yards, Jeff. That's nice. last in the league. Mm-hmm. So he, was, he has not been throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, he did this week he did well this week well yeah there were very open people yeah well you still got to get the ball in there yeah but most quarterbacks in the nfl can hit very very wide open people <laughs> i don't know that's not necessarily true i've seen some trump through here that, well i mean <laughs> just saying Tim tebow couldn't but. right <laughs> oh wow <laughs> he was we saw him when we had a joint practice in new england towards oh, the end of I his remember career this. and it was not good no it wasn't it wasn't um, in terms of throwing the football mm-hmm. all the way to a receiver. Yeah, five rushing attempts. Yeah, the, the fewest ever in a and game. And actually, in the history, ever, ever. And it would only have been four had we not had a, a kneel, kneel down. down. Which is interesting that that's considered a a rush. One that is, that is. Yeah, there's more sophisticated st- uh, stats out there. How come they don't take a kneel down as like a sack? Well, because your purpose, you, you, a sack has to be a passing play. Okay. So if you put a guy back there. In shotgun, and he clearly just takes the ball and starts running. If he gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage, it's not a sack. That's why there's some subjectivity to it. Oh, okay. And every now and then you'll get you get one. You get yeah. one because the you, the stack rules say, "Hey, that was ruled a that was clearly a pass play that got yeah. blown up, blown up, and he and ran." And, and so, okay. A weirder stat for me, Jeff, is okay. So Shaq Barrett, who Shaq, who's had a couple good games in a row, yeah, he, he was one of our better performers out there, and he had the um where he hit the arm and caused the fumble, uh, which he had done the week before, but it didn't count because they called it. An, but it's a very similar yeah. play. Uh, Breeze is nine yards deep when he hits him, and it's a sack. But, but officially, it's a sack for zero yards, not a sack for nine yards, because the ball went forward oh, okay. and was recovered right at the line of scrimmage by Mike Edwards, right? Mm-hmm. And for, that's the way they score that. If it's a if it's if it's a strip and the ball goes forward, it's a sack for zero. Or if it and it gets the line of scrimmage or beyond, it's a sack for zero yards. That doesn't make poor, sense to me. It should be a sack for poor nine Shaq. yards. Poor Shaq. He he can't catch a break <laughs> no matter what he's well, doing. Well, nobody really counts up sack I yards. Know, but at the end still, of the season. but still, you know, it's that kind of year. Last two games, according to Next Gen Stats, he's been our guy, our pass rusher, who's been mm-hmm. closest to the quarterback on average on every pass rush. He's getting around the guys. He's and they're going to start to come like they just did. So come in bunches, I hope. 
We need a big sack game. Yeah. We need one of those games and a couple turnovers against Carolina. That's what we need. Yeah. Well, you need to just focus on this one game, and, and hopefully you've put this game to bed. Hopefully there, it's not lingering. That's my concern. When we were talking about Levante David, he's such a leader, and I, I've these – I'm, you know, our PR guys, it's Monday, and it's not a victory Monday, so the players are here. Right. So we do our normal Zoom call day after game with uh, Bruce Arians, and they t- and they say there's also going to be a player. Sure. Cause so you, now they got to find somebody to be, talk. Before COVID, there used It'd to be, be called open, open locker room right. where the media would stand in there by themselves and no one would be there, but it was an open <laughs> locker room. So One you had guys a, would go Yeah, through. you had a chance of finding somebody. And, and, uh, and yeah, so it's sort of – since the players are here, they mm-hmm. approximate open locker room by getting a player or two. Right. And, of course, it was Levante being the stand-up guy. Totally. And taking the heat after that. And that I, brings – That was – if you have not seen that – if you've not seen it, it's it's on the Buccaneer app and on Bucks.com. You need to watch it because I thought he really was great. Well, he seemed like a team leader, that's yeah. for sure. He started telling guys right away, like, we have to get past this and, and let it go. You have to learn from it, but let it go. In uh, any way, that leads me to the point that you may have noticed if you if you've clicked on this link that there's no player listed as a guest because it's two weeks in a row. But last week was because of the condensed schedule. Mm-hmm. Straight up, honest with you, we didn't want to make somebody come up, on, up here and talk about that game. Right, come on the show and talk about that game. Well, and also we didn't want to make, have a sacrificial yeah. lamb. And we like to have fun with the guys when they come on. Yes, it's supposed to be a good time, and so it's not going to be a good time after. No, three because. Three. If you have a player, uh, you know, both you and I are compelled to ask about the game. We're not going to let it go. If we've yeah. got it, we're not going to well, let I it go. I make them talk about it. Yeah. And it's just one guy where it was clearly a full team effort. And also research has shown that we're pretty popular without a player. So we're, we're in good shape. Oh, you've been doing your research, yeah. have you? Yeah, research says, you know. It's kind of like, it's kind of like how, how uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> you know, we had been averaging huh? 2.62 points per drive before that game. Yeah. And we averaged zero point two seven points per drive. It was so crazy, though. You know, that was just a crazy game. How do you feel about the field goal? Well, see, I yeah. My I, first reaction was no, and then I I kind of it doesn't kind of get it. You don't want to you don't want to shut out. Well, if you go forward, are you really going to go back? That's to the what, thing. Okay, I'm going to go back to what you were saying. I I was saying that uh, the first series. At the half, where there's, uh, you know, after the half, there's an opportunity to score a touchdown. You could maybe get some momentum going. So you didn't score there, and you're saying, well, it didn't matter. The game was over anyway. So if that's your philosophy, then kicking the field goal made sense because it was fourth down, and would one touchdown mean anything? I didn't say that it didn't matter, Jeff. I said even if they scored there, I would not have felt like a comeback well, was in the offing. In, I, the, t- the lack I of scoring e, a touchdown I.e., it doesn't matter. That's not, <laughs> no, you're putting words in my mouth. That is not what I said. I'm saying that – Are we going to have to go back to the tape again? I'm not worried about this one. <laughs> okay. You weren't worried about the last one. Well, yeah, well, the one about the time zones? Yeah. I knew I messed that one up. I'm not worried about this one. I never okay. said it doesn't matter. No, but it did. you didn't feel like if they scored the touchdown no. that – I wanted the touchdown very badly for a bunch of statistical reasons and to make it not look so bad and, you know, maybe score a couple times and make it look a little more respectable. Well, and then that's why, you know. But but 38-3 to is not any more respectable than 38 nothing. But let me finish the thought because I've been trying to. Go. If I see a team kick a field goal, like it happened with Baltimore and somebody this year, and Baltimore was – the Baltimore defensive coordinator was pissed off about it uh, because he thought it was Bush League that they kicked a field goal at the end to avoid a shutout when they were getting destroyed. It's the same, looks like the same situation. And so a lot of people go, oh, come on, that's Bush League to kick a field goal there just to avoid a shutout. But it was like fourth and 20. It was like fourth and 23. At that point, it's almost almost no chance you're going to convert that. So you might as well kick the field goal. That's the way I felt about it. Is there? If it was fourth and 10 or even fourth and 15, I'd be like, you have to go for that. But fourth and 23... Why just take the field goal at that point? I get that. Um, is there in the tiebreakers is points? Yeah. Okay. Point differential. Oh, there you point go. differential. I'm going to throw that out there. Net net, net points. In, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of them that involve points, but they're about I seven kinda, or eight down the list. It reminded me of us being in Pittsburgh on that really cold, cold night with John Gruden's team. Yeah, John Gruden's well, team. Well, that's the kind of that example was, I'm talking about. Yeah, that I remember that, and I uh, yes, but and and John's thing was. Um, 
Bruce Gradkowski was the quarterback. That's right. And so it was 2006. And he was uh, a Pittsburgh guy. That's right. And so John felt like he didn't want him to have a homecoming where they got shut out. Okay. Then, then, then reason. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Uh, you know, we obviously should talk about the fact that Antonio Brown made his debut, and also Chris Godwin was back, and. Listen, Chris Godwin, I have so much respect for that guy. Yeah, right. You talk about a gamer. Right. You know, he's all he he's a he's a team player. I thought he looked pretty good out I there. I thought he looked really good out there and he and he was running his routes, he was doing what he was supposed to do. Well, I'll tell you how important he is to this. He comes back, he has that broken finger. Mm-hmm. And yet we we only had fifty offensive snaps, which is very low, but obviously we only had the ball for nineteen minutes in the entire game. Or nineteen almost twenty. Chris Godwin played 47 of those 50 snaps. Wow. Mike Evans played 43. Now, here's the interesting one. Antonio Brown played 39 snaps. That was yeah. more than I thought. And B.A. said that that wasn't the game plan. Right. It just kind of worked out that way. Well, you're, you're so far down, you're, you're running lots of three and four receiver mm-hmm. sets. 39 snaps for him. Wow. 19 for Scotty Miller. So, so lend some credence to the people that think that the addition of Antonio Brown could eat a little bit into Scotty's playing time. No, yeah. He, at least in this particular. Sure. We started the game. He wasn't in there on the first drive or two, Antonio Brown. Mm-mm. So he must have played most of the rest of the game after that. And, of course, Scotty's been dealing with a couple of nagging injuries as well. Ah, he is at said groin pull. Tyler Johnson played six plays, and Jaden Mickens played one. I don't remember that at all. But 39 snaps for out of 50 for Antonio Brown is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does I – know, I know what you said and what Bruce said, and it's true, but it does tell me that I think they're going to use him a lot. Yeah. Well, it also doesn't hurt to get him in football shape, you know, mm. see how, you know, if he's going to be running around at full speed like that, if you're going to have an issue, that's you're going to have it then. So There weren't any big plays. He had no. three catches for, I think, 31 yards. He didn't look bad. I don't really know how great he looked. And I, and the receivers, there were, there were some plays where guys were open. That's what the, Coach the, said. The problem was is that there wasn't time to, to throw or find them. Yeah. You know, which is – you know, that's that's troubling, but I think that, you know. You, it's been good most of the year. Yeah, and it's like they always say, you know, I take what they give me, and he wasn't getting anything. No. I mean, he didn't have time to pick it up. There he were some being Tom guys. Brady. Yeah, I know. But, they, but, you know, but it's funny how everybody's making a big deal if Coach – if Bruce Arian says something about, well, you know, the quarterback didn't play very well, or and, and he usually doesn't even say it in yeah, those words. Yeah, either. he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just again putting words in his mouth yeah. or someone's it's, mouth. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know why everybody gets so cranked up. It is Tom Brady. I get that, but you know what? It's I don't the same it gets, standard. It's the same, yeah. same standard for everybody. I don't think it would get Tom Brady cranked. No, it wouldn't. In, in fact, fact, he if his coach wants to t- tell him something he think needs yes. to do differently, then Tom Brady wants to hear it. Yeah. It, he is such a competitor and and such a perfectionist of trying to get you know make the game as perfect as you can get. You know he's the last guy you got to say that that you're worried about being offended because because someone's saying hey you know you didn't have a very good game here. Uh, yeah. So I think I asked you. You watched that Kansas City Chiefs game. I did, and it was good. It was and that's excellent. what that's what made Carolina look so frisky mm-hmm. in that game. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of that game, if you watched it till the end. Mr. Christian McCaffrey seemed to have a shoulder incurred a right shoulder yeah, injury. Yeah, he got popped pretty good. And uh, he went back in the game for, I think, and made one more catch, and then he came back out, and I don't think he went back in. And they're calling him day-to-day, and you mm, and I have been around sure. this long enough to know when they when the coach says day-to-day at the beginning of a week, that's yeah. not usually a good sign. No. That should be a good sign. But I think it's coaches just being as vague as possible, and no – I don't fault him for that. Sure. Most coaches would do that. Well, there's no reason that they don't have to say anything. You know, what is he? He's day-to-day. How is he going to feel? It's like game we have time. To see how he feels tomorrow. Game time decision. <laughs> yes, but most injuries, your trainers can give you a, an indication of, I think it'll take him this long to get over it. And they may know. Sure. But they're under no obligation to tell us mm-hmm. or anybody tell the world. No. But I'm just saying there's a chance that, that the Panthers will be without Christian McCaffrey. And Mike Davis has done very well Heaps in his stead. Well. But it's still Christian McCaffrey. I yeah. mean, he comes back after missing six games and immediately has 150 yards and two touchdowns. But see, I look at it, I want him to play. I want him to play. If you're going to beat, beat him, beat, beat him with all their guns in there, you know. Well, okay, let me, let, me, let me give you the alternate viewpoint on that. I don't want anybody to get hurt. No. I, don't, I didn't, wasn't happy no, that no, Christian no. McCaffrey got hurt. Right. But 
once the guy now we know yeah. he is hurt. If he was going to, this is a good. Time it wouldn't for, bother me if it, it caused him to miss yeah. a game. Right. It, it, it would. Yes. <laughs> I think your attitude is the way our linebackers would feel about it. They yeah. want him to be out there so they Sh- can shut him down, and and they actually have shut him down in the last that. three games. Yep. And by shut him down, I mean somewhere between fifty and seventy yards, sure. because he usually gets like one hundred eighty yards from mm-hmm. scrimmage every game. Um, he's a gamer. He's he's only he's only been below a hundred yards from scrimmage in the last two years in four of. How many games would it be? 24 games? No, well, no, because he's no. only played three this year. Four of 19 games he's played. He's only been held below 100 yards from scrimmage four times. That was three times against us and <laughs> once when he got 98 against New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so, for some reason or another, we've had his number. Uh, he's so, fun to watch. Yeah. Well, that that's a pretty interesting-looking offense they got there. Well, it's, it's very cohesive because – Teddy Bridgewater totally understands that offense because that was the offense that was run when he was in college. So for him, you know, coming to a new team, it's not a big – it was not a learning curve for him. That's cool. He knew exactly what Rule wanted because huh. that was yeah. what he, he – That's been a great signing for them. Oh, I, I – As has Robbie Anderson, which I wasn't sure was going to be great. But I, I, I think for a team that was doing a total blow-up and a uh, uh, makeover, I think they've done phenomenal. Now – Another thing about the Panthers, uh, rewind with me, if you will, mm-hmm. to the draft. It's okay. April. We're in the draft. Yep. Carolina picks eighth, I believe. Um, Arizona picks ninth. One of the most coveted players on the board was Clemson defender, and I say defender because some people classified him as a safety and some as a linebacker, Isaiah Simmons. Sure. And a lot of mock drafts had the Panthers taking Isaiah Simmons Partially because Luke Keekley had retired. They needed somebody new for the middle of that defense, right. and he's a versatile guy that you could employ in a lot of ways. And that's what every team, every defensive coordinator is trying to get right now, the Tyran Matthew type that you can just move all over the chessboard. And it's a guy kind of like what we have in Antoine Whitfield. Sure. Well, Carolina surprised people a little bit by going for, I think, Auburn defensive tackle, Derek Brown, one of the high-rated defensive tackles, who is starting for them. Uh and so that surprised some people. Late in the second round, and I think they traded up to do it, they drafted Jeremy Chin, a, a safety out of, I think, Southern Illinois. Um, it was 19 picks after we took Winfield. And that guy has been incredible. After Winfield won offensive defensive rookie of the month in September, Chin won it in October, and they have played him as an edge rusher. They've played him as an in-the-box linebacker. They've played him as a free safety. They've played him in the slot. And they've even given him some snaps outside corner. Mm-hmm. One guy doing yeah. all of those things. It's like Jamal Adams kind sure, of. Sure, right. They're hard guys to find. They, I, unfortunately, I think the Panthers got a bit of a steal there. And it made their draft strategy work to a charm because they didn't have to spend the eighth of a pick on Isaiah Simmons. They mm-hmm. just got their own version of Isaiah Simmons late in the second round and still got the defensive tackle in the first round. Well, I think, I think they have a, uh, they're going to have an advantage for about a year or so because when you have a college coach come in, he knows so many different college players huh. on a, um, yeah, I want to say sure not the- on a more intimate basis, but just the nuances of players because of, of being, you know, so immersed in the college. From ranks. all those Baylor versus Southern Illinois yeah, games. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or, or your scouts, you know, or a kid that you were trying to get, you know, come to the school, recruiting, that type of thing. That's my thought there. Because yeah. I think they're doing really well. I mean, for, they, for, for a team that got blown up. No, they're frisky. Chew. They're three and six, and they don't look like a three and no, six team. No, They don't. That That is the record you might expect because you'd think they'd be rebuilding. But the five of their six losses have been by one score. Five of their six losses have been to teams with winning records mm-hmm. right now that have winning records, including us. We didn't have a winning record at the time because we were 0-1. But now five of the six teams that have beaten them have winning records. So they've had a rough schedule, and they've hung with everybody. Right. I think they had one game where they didn't, but I can't remember which team that was. Yeah, but still. And, they, well, and they're playing at home, but they have, they're, they're, I think they've only won one game at home. They're on a losing streak at home right now. Yeah, home field advantage is at a historical low in the NFL this yeah, year, which you would obviously yeah. expect. Right. Yeah, that would, that's not surprising. 
But I will say it was pretty loud at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Even, even the way the game was going, it was still pretty loud. People yeah, especially when it was we were coming in at halftime. It was loud. <laughs> it was booze. <laughs> couldn't blame them. Definitely couldn't blame them. You know, I do want to say something that it was 31 to nothing at the half. and uh, The crowd stayed. The crowd stayed. But the other thing I want to say is Bruce Arians, no matter how it is, w- it, I was thinking, okay, it's getting kind of iffy on this this game. And getting, and getting, I said to TJ, I said, TJ goes, you think he'll stop? I go, yeah, he's going to stop. That's my thinking, being that we interview the coach oh, okay. at halftime. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a mandatory thing. It's not? He, no. It is for TV, right? Um, They, get it, they can get a quote. You're you know, talking about radio. Yeah, but to actually stop and, and well, do. Well, they'll walk along with them or something. Yeah, they'll walk along. And we can't, since we're not allowed on the field, we can't do yeah. that. So we have to have um, Chris King. PR guy. PR guy. Uh, bring him over, and then we have this huge right. have microphone setup. pole. That, right. You know. Everybody's seen it on the field. Yeah, TV. yeah. So I'm thinking, wow. And he came over, and he was very open, very straight, very like, this is the way it is. And, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot on his mind, and the last thing he wants to do is an interview, yeah. but he meets his obligations. So. Yeah. And he didn't do it in any way that was he wasn't short with He anybody. wasn't short. He's just like, you yeah. know. You hey, know, he's good with that stuff. It's great. Great stuff. And it's what I like about it is that it's great for the fans because you're really hearing uncensored. You know, I mean, there's yeah. no – it's just right then and there. You know, no. you know what wasn't great, Jeff? Having to do a halftime show on the video board for that game. I noticed you down there in your treasure chest. <laughs> <laughs> so the the pregame stuff is easy because you're just saying stuff that could happen or sure. pointing out great stats. Yeah. But nothing's happened yet. Yeah. It, okay, so three times now having done this, I don't think we did it the first week maybe, mm-hmm. but um, three times. And the first two times the game started out badly and then it got – way better uh right before halftime like yeah. the chargers game something sure. really good happened yeah and so i'm going down there i'm like oh what are we going to talk about and then good things happen like oh great we're, yeah we're in good shape this time i'm walking down there and it's 31 nothing or uh-huh. i don't even it might have only been 24 at the time but right. by the time we did the show it's 31 nothing and casey's going to ask me so what do the bucks need to do to turn around yeah. the second half I'm like <laughs> Yeah. And it's not her fault. No. I'm like, well, maybe you should lead and say, Casey, what do you yeah, have to do? Just reverse it a little bit. Yeah, see, don't tell her until the last uh, second. Yeah, just go, let me see how you feel about being put on the spot. Or or, or let her ask the question yeah. and go, I don't know, what do you think yeah. the keys are? She's <laughs> beats the hell out of me. You're asking me? They don't know what to do. Why are you asking me? <laughs> yeah. Well, well and, and I think I said uh, it would be at the end, it was like it would be, it'd be very helpful to get a, a couple big plays early on on defense to try to change the minimum around. And we uh, did right away. Oh, look but at then you. it didn't last. I know. Look at it you calling last. it. Yeah. Do you it like didn't. doing that? Is it fun? The halftime one yeah. was not fun. No, but I mean generally. It's fine. Yeah. For some reason, the little treasure chest set has made it easier than last yeah. year when we were in a little podium on the sideline by the bench. Yeah. It's fine. You guys look good in the treasure chest Well, box. thanks. It does. Yeah, it's I, quite a set. Yeah. Um, does the echo bother you? No, Jeff. I've figured out how to deal with that. Just keep talking? No, you... And what Jeff is talking about is when you're when in you're speaking stadium. in a microphone, and then the, the in a stadium au- in a stadium, and then the audio comes out of the speakers. Um, there's a delay between when you say it and when they hear it, and so you say something, and then you hear yourself. So you talk like this, hello, hello. It can really throw you off, and I know it. I, I it's probably ten or more years ago, um, more than that, even when I first had to do it, and we were, we were having night games. Uh-huh. I was sort of like hosting it from the sidelines. Sure, N- not night games. Training camp practices, night practices. Mm-hmm. In the stands were a lot of people in the stands. Yeah. I remember struggling a little bit at first with that. I found out what you do. I let Casey finish her, her whatever she's saying and pause for a second and then say, well, Casey. And then I just don't listen to it anymore. Oh. And uh, it's worked out. I can do it now. But it isn't easy right off the yeah. bat. The hard part in this one was for some reason I had a really hard time hearing her, even though it's being over the speaker. I couldn't make it out very well over the speakers. <sighs> It's funny you say that because I I was also having a hard time. I mean, we have Why a, do you think that would be? I don't know, but it made me it I don't know if it's um I I don't know. I'm going to 
But I, it's funny you say that because you triggered it. I was thinking when when I was glancing over there, looking at it, I was thinking, wow, Scott's much louder than Casey, which would be – Is that right? But I don't know if it's because of the the – um, the bass and the voices, huh. you know, you're he- you have a heavier voice than she does. So I don't know. I'm gonna I want to look into that. But that's interesting. That it wasn't that. it wasn't impossible to overcome because no. generally I have an idea of the question sure. she's gonna ask me. We've sure. kind of gone through it beforehand. So as long as I could pick up a few words, I knew uh, what she was asking. Yeah, yeah. So the, we're about done here, I guess, and we'll go to fan questions. But um, like we were talking about watching the Chiefs Panthers game, right? And that we we have complained plenty. In the last few weeks, about how, from our job standpoint, night games are rougher. Oh. Right, we don't like them as much. Mm. But at least you get to sit around and watch football during the day. Yeah, which I enjoy because we don't get to do that very often on Sundays. I see. I'd rather be at the stadium at nine o'clock in the morning, and I know that's like, what you'd rather do. And, and and you can watch the games before you know. I mean, you can you can just catch the late games. I understand that's better. I'm, I'm just all saying about that. You're taking the silver lining here. But it was weird doing a sun, a Monday game and then a Sunday night game. But anyway, last week I remember telling you that the best thing, that's because we got to watch them last week because mm-hmm. we had a Monday night game. Yep. We were home all day Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the best thing I saw, if you recall, last week was that play where Larry Fitzgerald was so, so heads up and, and picking up the ball uh, when they were running out of time and running it over to the officials so they could spot it. Mm-hmm. Just grabbing the ball out of the other guy's hands and running it over. And best thing I saw in this, this week was in that Chiefs-Panthers game. Did, did you see the play? And Andy Reid's a freaking genius. Did you see the play where Patrick Mahomes was in the shotgun? I'm standing up to show Jeff. This isn't helping the fans at home, but he's in the shotgun. And he starts walking over to his right, like as if he's audibling to the Uh guys. And quarterbacks do that all the time. They they go over a little farther to make sure sure they can hear him. And then they come back. So he had walked over to his right a little bit. And then all of a sudden he spun around and, and started running back like he was in motion. And they snapped it to him. And he caught it in motion, which is bizarre for a quarterback, Crazy. and it has to be perfectly timed. Uh-huh. That center's got to snap the ball before the quarterback's actually behind him, so they right. have to time that out. Right. I don't know how they do that, I don't know. by the way. Uh, and so he catches it, and you're like, holy crap, the quarterback just caught the snap while in motion, which is bizarre. And then he ran, took a few steps and then looped all the way back around to the right and on the run made that throw in the back. That part was just vintage Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But the design of the play was like nothing I've ever seen before, and it's so fun to watch Andy Reid come up with new stuff. I wonder if they do it like when he goes off to the side and he whatever audible or whatever code word he says, it's the center hears it and he counts in four There's seconds. seconds in right. four seconds, I'm they throwing it. They better get it right because it's a disaster. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe the center's just kind of peeking over diagonally. That's, well, maybe if he's looking over because or the, he goes over or that Or the way. guard could, like, tap him. Tap him, yeah. If he's looking, but yeah. it was a crazy play. <laughs> it made me think of – I've always had this fantasy of a play where – um, I think we tried it once in flag football. You, it's, let's say you're, the quarterback is under center. Okay. It's like first and goal inches away, and you you lots of times just do a QB sneak. Sure. If you had a back behind the quarterback, could you somehow snap it through the quarterback's legs to the back, and then everybody up Every front, every front and, goes and the quarterback he, sneak, and this guy's back no, here with the ball going. <laughs> <laughs> is that the old hidden ball trick in baseball? Kind of like it. I don't know if it's too hard to actually like – Snap it between the quarterback's now, legs or not? Now, would he be would he be allowed to take the ball and stick it underneath his jersey <laughs> and walk down? <laughs> no. That's a classic flag football play, too. No, you can't do that. You are not Is allowed that, to do that. Are you or no, aren't you? No, you're not allowed to oh, do okay. that. Oh, okay. I was just curious. <laughs> not allowed to do that. We tried to think That's of That's an so official many, rule. Huh? With youth flag football, we tried to think of so many ways to have trick plays in misdirection, but mm. that was definitely against the rules. You know who was really good at hiding the ball as a quarterback doing a – Brad Johnson? Uh, Brad Johnson was good, but Steve DeBerg was the best out of it. It's absolutely who I should have Absolutely said. the best. He was good at the play action yeah. and then hiding the ball behind his hip. Yeah. yeah just, he was good with the ball. He was yeah. a magician with the ball. Sure was. was. All right, very good. Okay, so we don't have to take a break. No, no, let's keep rolling. We'll just go right into fan questions. We got some good ones. Yeah. First of all, Jeff, we got they're all good ones. We hadn't heard for a few weeks from our our friend in uh, in Brazil, mm-hmm. Alexander, mm-hmm. and I think you're gonna uh, find out why in this question. And it's a little bit sad. Oh. Uh, so let me start here. Ahoy, salty ones! I'm back here because I miss talking in quotes to you guys, and these last days haven't been easy for me. I have lost my mother on oh. October 27th, oh. and she was responsible for so much in my life, 
as you might have expected. Sure. But she's the one responsible for me studying English, and therefore, if it wasn't for her, I would probably never would be able to reach you guys. Interesting. So, so what I'm trying to, he writes awfully well in English for sure. 70. It's not the first language. So what I'm trying to say is thank you, mother. I say thank you, mom. Yeah. Sorry, I was getting a little choked up there. That's all right. What I'm trying to say is thank you, mother. Love you so much. And for those out there, wear a mask, please. I totally agree. This pandemic is not something to take lightly. Does he have his mother's name? No, and that seems to be an intimation that COVID had something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, and so well, yeah. I, I, I feel terrible if that's the case. Yeah. Of course, no, no matter what the reason was. Right, right, right. Well, I, I uh, totally agree with wearing the masks. And yes. we have to do that. Uh, if you We follow to, the rules around here. We follow the rules, yeah. And, and actually, it's... It's kind of like uh, um, even during uh, our broadcast, if you're not on the air, you're wearing a mask. Yeah. So, and so it, he. It, it, all, around here, it's very important. More, more important for players and coaches in this regard, but important for everybody because you've seen this now a number of times. And I'll get back to his question. We're doing a little tangent sure, here, but that's fine. Uh, you see now around the league various cases, guys testing positive, and then you have close contacts that have to quarantine for five days or whatever it is, right? Right. But sometimes teams do that, and sometimes only one guy has to go on. Right. And the difference is, if they deem them to be high-risk close contacts, and that generally involves being close around people without your mask on. So given the fact that it's almost inevitable, or at least it's almost inevitable that a team is going to have a case at some point. Yeah. I mean, maybe all 32 teams won't, but by the end of the year, probably the majority of the teams will have had some case to deal with. Mm -hmm. Your chances of taking out a number of your teammates from being able to play in that weekend's game, whether or not you transmit it to them, are worse if you're not following the rules because they find out they have cameras and they find right. out, okay. You weren't following the rules. Now, if you five guys were sitting in a room six feet apart and you had your mask on the whole yeah. time, we would not consider those guys high risk and they won't. They don't have to quarantine. Yeah. So that's why it's very, very important. And that's why it was so bad on the Raiders because they had problems. Yeah, they were having problems all over the place. Yeah, that's that's too bad. So, yeah. uh, anyway, to get back to the question, he says, I'm back also because I think we must be positive. So, yeah, there you go, Jeff. There you go. Me. See, he's with me. And try to see what good we can take from last Sunday's game. So, here we go. One, we are six and three. Very true. Excellent. Let, let's stop on that one for just a sec. And I meant, dang it, I had printed out the standings. And I meant to bring them, and I brought the wrong piece of paper. What, do you, what standings were you? The NFC conference standings. Because there was a question from one of our reporters uh, on Monday. To Bruce, he said, "You guys were six and two. Mm -hmm. um, you were in first place in the division, and obviously you had a chance to really be in good shape in the pl NFC playoff hunt. Because if we would have won that, we'd have had the best record in the NFC. Right? Uh, there's three six and two teams now: New Orleans, Green Bay, and Seattle, mm -hmm. and we're behind them. But overall, we're fifth in the seeds because you have to get the four divisions. So, like the two, whoever's leading the NFC East is ahead of us in the seeding. Uh -huh. And the reporter said, okay. you well, right now.'" Uh, Saints are six and two. Seahawks are six and two. Packers are yeah, six and two. Yeah, which you clearly weren't listening to me because I just said all yeah. that. And then the Eagles are uh, probably two, five, and one. Three, four, and one. Okay, and they're first place. Mm -hmm. And then you have us. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, Chicago. No, and, Chicago's five and four. Yeah, they didn't go that far. Oh well, there's a six and there's another. There. There's five of them. They only list five teams? Mm -hmm. What standings are you looking at? Because there's mm -hmm. seven NFC, playoff teams. NFC standings. I don't know why we can go at least seven deep. Hmm. But in any case, the reporter asked the question, and he said, you were, you had a chance to really be in charge, but now you, instead you're on the you're on the very cusp of being out of the playoffs. I'm like, that seems awfully dramatic, considering we're six and three. Right. Right? Half game behind the top record in the mm -hmm. entire conference. And on one hand, that's true, but on the other hand, the team that's – in the eighth spot looking out is five and four. Yeah. So we are only one game ahead well, of the last the, team. Yeah, the, the, last Card team the Cardinals are five and three. Okay, the so Rams, they're six. The Rams are five and three. Okay, so they're seven. There's your seven playoff teams. Okay. And then the Bears are five and four, right? Correct. And the Bears have a win head-to-head -head against us. Yes. So it is actually quite true that we are mm – -hmm. I don't think it matters much when there's still seven weeks to go. And um, as long as this team wins 10 yeah. games, it's going to be in the playoffs. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, there's seven weeks left to go, almost half a season, and already people are going, oh, you're this and this. And that. 
got to play the seven games right. because if you win right out, you're thirteen and three, and do you even think about? Yeah. So I mean, you got to take one week at a time, and, and I know that sounds so cliche-ish, and it is, but. You, know, you can't predict the future. You can go ifs and nuts and can't. All right, and so that was his point one. Point two, those new lights from RGS looked very nice. Yes. That was cool. I, I like about the red lights. Yes, I like the red when they were uh, announcing yeah, uh, the neat. players. Yeah. A lot of people around us were saying, hey, that's actually really cool. Yeah, it was very, very cool. The problem, the, the TV networks hate those lights. Why? Because it it really kills the camera work. Is that right? Yeah, because of all it just Do they have to white balance again? I guess, I don't know, <laughs> but but that's why uh, you know, they're they're working on different ways to incorporate those lights. Okay. So well, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was too. And then number 3, the one that should not be named, not not that I'm superstitious, but who knows right, hit his kick and is making kicking boring again. So yeah. he's, he's talking about the fact that um Ryan Suckup's made it's, it's become relatively automatic. Yeah, and which is and awesome. This one, this one was 48. Yeah. So. And it was windy. But it, but funny, uh, Coach Arian said that it wasn't as windy as the previous game. They in, were both pretty darn windy. Yeah, yeah. It's windy in that treasure chest. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yes. Why? I don't know. It's just the last two games have been very windy while I we're doing our funny. shows. Well, then maybe you should stay out of the treasure chest. <laughs> I'm required to be there. If you haven't seen it, it's this huge treasure chest. That case so. and I stand in. Yeah. It looks good. And it's got a lot of, like, trinkets and Oh, you got everything. Crowns and yeah. coins. You, you had some real DeSante water and a Coca-Cola. Yeah, for one segment, yeah, they were sponsored. Yeah, yes. really nice stuff. All right. And if I might, and if I may, I'd like to ask you guys: What are the things that you have to change in your work routine because of this pandemic that proved to be good things that you will probably carry on for the next seasons? Oh. I can tell you what I would like it to be, but I doubt it will be. What? I love this dress code. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? That is top of the list. You don't even have to plan it out. You just get up in the morning no. and, and grab a pair of shorts and a t-shirt it, it, or a polo, and it's, that's it. It's down to what buck shirt am I wearing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's we're all wearing shorts or yep. jeans sometimes. Jeans, yeah. I'm in a T-shirt right now. I'm in a long sleeve buck shirt and shorts. I mean, I wear a polo. which is always funny. I wear a long sleeve, but then I wear shorts. Yeah, I've never understood that to be honest with you. I just I, I don't just, like long sleeve. I I do because it gets cold in this building. At least to my you, office gets cold. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're you're a wimp. Yeah, I like the cold. Uh, well, what are you gonna do? Anything else that we like? I um, mean, I like getting um, the the. Uh, the organization has been very, very generous to be giving us free lunch every day. They have because like we can't that. eat in the in the in with the, dining the team room. dining room. And right. we used to be on meal plans, sure, we being, which was still a super six dollars a deal was yeah. a great. Uh, the day yeah. was a great yeah. deal for that. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but now they're giving us free lunches every day, yeah. which is nice. They, yeah, and so I don't think any of these things are going to continue. They're also very generous. I will say it, they're very generous on um, work. What I mean by that is some of us come in to. The Advent Health Training Center, Advent Health, one word. Advent Health, one word. Uh, and if you decide not to come in, you don't really reach out to people. You just kind of just stay home and work. And um, yeah, I'm not sure who, except the people right around you, would even know. Right. Well, uh, you know, it's weird. On Monday, on the section of the building that I work, I was the only one there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then on last Tuesday. The offices were technically closed. Closed, and it was just us. Yeah, was, yeah. There was like three of us in here. So I, I would say that that is um, beneficial. But I would say the dress code. So the overall yeah. thing that could—I don't think that has a chance of sticking. No, that's my problem. The overall thing that probably will change the most is that a larger percentage of people will be allowed to work from home more often if they want to, because they've yeah. seen that it works. It can work. Well, and and it and it's the reason why it is successful is because the caliber of people don't have to be super supervised they know what their yeah. job is they know what to do especially especially during season because season you you are constantly you know mondays are got to do certain things on monday you got to you know tuesday that's certainly the case for me it is for me too and so when the season ends for like the first couple of weeks i'm a, i'm like a fish out of water because <laughs> yeah, so i go you know you're really busy and then you're just kind of like okay well now you start plotting for next year well, for you it's a little different because you're creating new stories well it's it's funny though that how that has evolved because you've been around long enough to know that in the old days i started in 92 mm -hmm. and in the 90 and it was in pr not doing this <laughs> the off season there wasn't a lot to do no there was not there wasn't much attention on the nfl so if you're doing what was essentially media relations right there's nobody calling you or anything nope i mean i had to work on the media guide 
in the in the uh, season yearbook. Yearbook. Yeah. But there wasn't much else to do. No, you didn't. So they'd close. I'd leave the office every day at 4.30 to make it to the Y for basketball. Uh Uh, Some teams close their office on like every other Friday. Friday. Uh, They're just – now it's different because – there's attention on the NFL year round and you want to take advantage of that. So all of us in like digital and creative, we don't stop. Mm-hmm. We just have to, we have to make up things to work on. I think this is probably the only year in my work career that I've managed not to use any PTO. <laughs> Paid time off. Yeah. Well, you didn't use any before March 13th. I think I'd used a day or two. I used, no, I, I might've used a floating holiday. Yeah. From the previous year, yeah, but um, that's yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, there's just no need. You're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, we were at home from March through August mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was a weird year. Still I think is. Um, it's gotten better. A little I bit will. Lately. I will tell you what. I do miss out of all of this. I I do miss the interaction with the players. Yeah, of I, course, I, I and, the coaches, and the coaches, and the coaches, uh, yeah. like Mike Greenberg and Jason Light, yes. and the people back there in the mm-hmm. corner, Mike Beal. That's who we should have gotten. Should have called Mike Greenberg? Yes. 40 under 40. Yeah, that's right. I, I saw him briefly in uh, at the stadium, and I was like, oh, Mr. Big Time, I see you on ESPN. You're this, you're that. He's, you know. Yeah, he, they, have that, they have that other Mike, Mike Greenberg, Greenberg on too. ESPN. But he was on, he was, he, they did a feature story on it. But anyways, he, he's a good guy. Oh, and he's like, oh, best. come on, come on. I, I should have thought of that. He's done We've never had him on Salty Dogs. We've had him on, I've had him on something. Yeah, but never on Salty Dogs. What? Maybe next week. We'll work on that. That's a good plan. Something to think Because we're not going to do a player after a Monday night game next week. I don't know how you and I are going to do after next week. So <laughs> We got through it We got through it last, last we week. We did. After that. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. No. All right, I still got two questions, so we should right. get to them. That's fine. Hi, Salty Dogs. I love listening to the podcast throughout the season over here in the England. The England. Do they say that? The England? I don't know. Over here in the England? Usually I usually I thought it would be the UK. Yeah. And I think it's a great show. Well, thank you. That's well, very nice. Very nice. My question is, what do you think the reason is behind these evening game performances from the team? And you started to talk mm-hmm. about it, but we didn't get that far into it. It was a tough result to take last night and hopefully just a blip in the road. That's I think that's the what I said. Blip he's in the road. already heard the he's already heard the podcast. I look forward to maybe I subliminally thought of subliminally thought of that because I'd read this question. Mm-hmm. I look forward to watching them get the win against the Panthers next week. There Me you go. Me too. P.S. Following on from last week's podcast conversation about how we pick our teams over here, mine is because I've been lucky enough to get over to Tampa several times through through my life oh. and love it over there. Not because colors are important to me, which is what oh, you were that's what to I was do. saying. Okay. Well, you seem to indicate that colors are more important over there than they are here, which is a really weird point to try to make. Scott, I'm just telling you what the bus driver was telling me. <laughs> Scott, thanks for also previously answering my question on Twitter. Re the show's intro music. Uh, best regards, Steve Parsons. So there's not really a question in there. What was oh no, that? there is. What was the intro music? What was that? About? I don't. I don't remember exactly what he's talking about. Oh. Huh. Carry on. Uh. Best regards, Steve Parsons. Okay, so he did have a question there, which was, what do you think is behind these evening game performances? Uh, you know, unfortunately, there's not a – you can give a partial answer, but then that answer is a question that is hard to answer, and that being they don't seem to be coming into these evening games with any sort of energy. Mm-hmm. And so every the beginning of every game is bad. Yeah, which surprises me because Tom Brady's used to playing night games. <laughs> That's and right. Gronk is used to That's playing right. night games. You know, so – those, you know, Bruce Arians was with teams that played a lot of night games, uh, you know. But it's happening. It, but it, but it is happening now. So the question is why, and that's what we can't answer. You know, and people, and and what people have to understand too is that on a, if you're playing at night, you're at the if it, it, you're at the hotel, and it's and there is some sitting around, but also sometimes they have meetings. They'll have they'll have meetings, you know, yeah. refresher courses, things of that. But it's like anything else. I mean, I have to keep myself occupied because I'm sitting around waiting to go to work. And I, I was at the stadium at 10 to 4 <laughs> because I was getting tired of just sitting around. Right, right. And I figured, well, I might as well just be at the stadium and get that feeling of, okay, here we go. Here comes work. So Yeah, I, but I mean – that theoretically would be a problem for any team. So why is why or why are the well, Bucks unable to handle it? That's what I mean. So to me, it's kind of like yeah, you can point your finger at it, and I did bring it up previously, but you know, this is not concrete, and it may not even be right. But I, I'm thinking. I just started thinking right now about how Levante said 
uh, you know, he was talking about that communication issue, and he, mm-hmm. and he said, and it gets to the point where everybody starts feeling like they have to make make the, the yeah. perfect play, and they're doing, they're mm-hmm. trying to do too much, and like I have to be perfect. And I guess when you're down three or four touchdowns, you're thinking everything has to go our way from here on out. We can't. Every time they get a play against us, you're like, oh, we can't yeah. get a stop. So yeah. you're you're pressing to be perfect, and isn't that is that a little bit because you're you know you're on the national stage and things are going badly? And you don't want your team to to have this result in front of that giant mm-hmm. national audience. Mm-hmm. If you're pressing, is that part sure. of the reason why? I obviously can't prove that, but I think it's a possibility. Well, it it it, it is weird, and so we're going to find out because we got the Rams. We have the Rams coming up. So if if the team plays lights out on Sunday, and then you come back and and, and then you struggle Monday again, night, and then you struggle, then you're going to have to say, okay, no more night games. No more night games. And I'm not sure NBC was really happy with us. I saw the. In- I felt bad about it. I saw know. their crew walking out at the end, and they were. You yeah. could tell they don't want to see a stinker of a game. Well, that's because the anticipation was so high. They were yeah. so excited. I talked to Chris Collinsworth. Uh, uh-huh. before and they were excited about being in Tampa. They were excited about this team. They were excited and the matchup. And the matchup. They I mean this, you know, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Everything that you could hope for before kickoff, you were going, this is going to be a great Sunday night game. This is going to be a this is going to be a doozy. And, and it, it was. was. Well, yeah. it wasn't. Well, it's like the Saints radio team. They said, "Well, we thought we were, we thought we had a good chance to win, but we didn't see this coming." Well, so even it. they were, yeah, of course, they didn't. Nobody see it. See it. If so, you if you predicted either team was going to win thirty eight three well, before that game, people, I want you to buy me. I want you to pick me lottery number tickets or lottery numbers. Or one more question. All right, one more. Hey guys, I remember when you first started doing this show that you had a bunch of former players on. Mm-hmm. I can't re- remember them all, but Mike Allstott was one of them. That's yeah. that's right. We had, we had we Dave. Did. We had sure. Rodney Barber was our first one. Yeah, had Martine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Carrier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we had um, Carl. Carl, the truth came in. He was in town. We got a hold uh, of him. The shark. Mm-hmm. Didn't we have Kenny? Yeah, Gant? we did. We had Kenny Gant. Yeah. So that was fun. Sure. Uh, he says that was cool. I like hearing from the current players, too, which is what we've been doing more mm-hmm. last year and a half. But my question is, what if you could go back even further and, uh, and have any person from Team History on the podcast, who would it be? Let's say it's going to be an extended interview and you want somebody who can tell a lot of great stories from the Bucks past. John McKay. <laughs> Dang it. That's the best answer, and you jumped on it. Thanks, and I hope you get a chance to consider my question, Jim Burris. And before you said that, I was going to say, first of all, are we allowed to have – posthumous like sure well he said passed from, away but he did say if you could have anybody in the history and yeah. so i take it as that if, yeah you know. that's the way i would t- that's sure. probably the the thrust of the question the, i uh, yeah john mckay no, because you yeah well because he'd have stories because he would because what it was like to come from a national championship team in southern california as an individual i mean he was a big deal in in la uh at being the head coach of USC. He was a, a big, big deal. Coming to a uh, small um, NFL, NFL town. town. Yeah, I mean, market, I market. should say. Market is what it, what the term is. Um, and that, that was really truly before real free agency. Free agency back then was players had to make available certain players, so usually they just let guys they didn't really care about be, be available. Yeah, there was an expansion there. draft. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't pretty. You know, and, and the fact of losing that many games in a row, you know, 0-26, and, uh, and then turning it around and making it to the NFC Championship game played in, in Tampa years. in 79. Yeah. In four seasons. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And so, yeah, I think that would be kind he of He would certainly have great stories, and there'd be ones that I wouldn't be all that familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like, I think – I think Tony Dungy would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And some of his stories I might be familiar with or at least be familiar with the people involved, whereas John McKay would be telling me stuff I don't know at don't, all. Yeah. Um, Plus, he was just witty, right? Oh, he had all very, the great lines. Very funny. Very funny What guy. about players? Oh. Who were the big characters from back then? Well, the one I... He, Batman? Yeah, well, Batman Woods. He, he, he was good. Um, you know, the guy that was really... Uh, um, and we all know, you know, Leroy Selman was a really uh, interesting man yeah. all the way across. I mean, football was not who he was. That's for sure. And, um, and he carried the franchise for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that would be interesting. 
Um, I think also who I would probably want to talk to a little bit to get their take on it. Maybe, uh, maybe not. I was thinking a little bit about Steve Young. If he would have <laughs> stayed here, does he think his career would have, you know, would it, would it had ended? Would it have been – I personally think he would have just been hurt because he was running <laughs> like crazy and getting blown up. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would think about that. Um, kind of, you know, when it's all said and done, there's going to be at least two – Buccaneer quarterbacks in the in the hall of, mm-hmm. in the hall of fame because sure. Steve Young's in and Tom Brady obviously is going sure in. <laughs> sure <laughs> one way or another right and I uh, yeah and uh, I, those I, are good answers I think Doug Williams needs to go into the hall of fame just, that's not going to happen no it's not but but I just do he sh- he should be in a Ring of Honor and he is yeah and if Washington put him I don't know if they well do. I just go by I just go by the one thing that that I totally agreed with with Bruce Allen and that is can you write the history of the NFL right. With this person, and you can't write it without Doug Williams at that time because of what he what he accomplished. Yeah, and that's a very good thing to say, but I don't think it is a ticket to the Hall of Fame. No, apparently not. All righty. All right. That's all I got, man. Wow, well, we just killed an hour and five minutes. Holy moly, that's I even without know. a guest. I know. On fire. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted about as long as that game on Sunday night. Didn't you say it went really yeah, fast? Yeah, it went fast, but it was just around three hours, so that's fast. We we have a tendency to play long games. I don't yeah. know whether you knew that or not. They, they are. All right, put your mask on, and since you did, thanks for listening.